Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. Join one of the Adelaide 36ers' favourite sons as we deep dive into everything past and present about one of the most storied franchises in the NBL. It's Sixers Fix, your Adelaide 36ers podcast. Here we go! Hello and welcome to another episode of Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnison. This is a big show. We'll have our Ask the Coach segment, thanks to Sports Card World with Connor Henry, and it's a big one. We haven't been able to catch up with Connor for a couple of weeks, so we've made up for lost time. On this week's show, we've got a very special guest with an all-time great who doubles as a current superstar right now, who we will speak to on the show. We're coming off a win, so that gives us a bit of an extra pep in our step here when we're talking about the Adelaide 36ers. And we're on the eve of of the Perth Wildcats coming to town as well, which is always always an an eventful occasion. So plenty to get through on the show. I'm Chris Bike, your co-host, but the man you've all tuned in to hear from, the living legend himself, the only man involved in every NBL championship, the Adelaide 36ers have won. Scott Ninnis, how do we find you this week? Well, obviously I'm pumped, mate. Like we mm. uh, we're coming off a win. <laughs> we haven't been able to say that for a few weeks. Mm. Uh, every week we talk about. Hopefully next week we're talking about coming off a win. But but we finally got one, and uh, uh, we, we were at the game on uh, last Saturday night, and uh, it, it was it was a fantastic game. You know, like uh, we, we, you know the the team came out, you know, played well. We went through what we've seen over the last few weeks, and and, and had that. Uh, you know that problem quarter where we just uh, we, we, the scoring just dries up, mm. but we're able to weather that storm and get a win. And and for the for the psyche of the team, it was it was so important. And uh, yeah, look, just really really happy for the boys uh, to get that win, which hopefully now will lead on to bigger and better things. Yeah, I think so. I think there's a lot to like about that win. 84 to 72 against the Illawarra Hawks. It was a it was a good win. Just an important win. It was a five game losing streak that nobody was in, was enjoying. So it was nice to to bring that to an end, and and it gives us plenty to talk about now on this week's show. So we're here right now, thanks to All Star Photos, thanks to Kelly Barnes and 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 his support. Um, we'll have an update on our Player of the Year award, thanks to to Premium Wine Tours. We'll have a Player of the Week award to give away, thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi, and as I said off the top of the show, thanks to Sports Card World. We'll catch up with Connor Henry in our Ask the Coach segment. And we've also got a special guest, Scott. And how much are you looking forward to having a chat to, to this fella? Oh, look, he is incredible. He's a bit of a gentle giant. You know, it doesn't do a lot of uh, media stuff. So so to get him uh, on the show, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to it and uh, become one of the club's all-time greats. Yeah, Daniel Johnson, of course, we're talking about. So we're looking forward to getting to him shortly here on the show. Bit of bit of news is around the club as well this week, Scott. Why don't we get knock that off right from the top? Um, ben Kavanagh, the the chief executive of the Thirty Sixes, one of our great supporters here of of Sixes Fix, a great supporter of mine, to get me on board to do some work with the club as well in terms of writing some articles, and a great supporter of yours and and Brett's to get you involved in your community coaching. A little bit disappointing to see him resign during the week. It is, mate. He, I mean, uh, Ben was instrumental in getting uh, Brett and myself back in the club, and uh, you know, he's been a fantastic supporters of, of us. Yeah, uh, you know, with the holiday camps, the school clinics, and it is. It's disappointing. Um, you, you know, I guess as one chapter closes, another one's opens. But I, I'm really disappointed personally to see him uh, not being involved with the club. As I said, he's he's been uh, really 
you know, really ardent supporter of what Brett and I have, have been doing and, and the one who got us back involved. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a sad day, mate. It'll be disappointing to see him go. Yeah, I agree. He's been, like I said, he's been a great supporter of mine as well. And, and I don't think we would have been doing this podcast without his support either. So he's, he's had, a, had a big influence and I think he's done a terrific job the last couple of years in the chair there at the Sixers. So all the best to Ben. And I know he's going to be listening because he's been a, a big listener of our show as well. So, so I, I hope we can maintain him as a listener. And I know he's going to continue to be a, a 36ers fan moving forward as well. But um, Scott, so the win over, over the Hawks, um, I guess you can look at the players that the Hawks were missing. Tyler Harvey not playing certainly certainly helped the 36ers cause because he makes a lot of things happen. And Cam Best, I didn't play either. But equally, Isaac Humphreys and Tony Crocker not being there for the 36ers are, are pretty influential pieces as well. So I don't want to take anything away from the performance. The third quarter wasn't fantastic, but for three quarters, it was a... It was a really encouraging performance. I think, you know, you were sitting there courtside. I think a lot of the home fans would have been would have been pretty happy with, with what they saw. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and it was, uh, you, you know, there was a, a different mindset and mentality the way they attacked that game. And, uh, you know, we saw Brandon Poole start. You know, we knew that was going to happen, you know, regardless of whether Tony Crocker was playing or mm. not. And he, did, he didn't have his best game. But I, I think what they did right from the start is you know defensively from the Illawarra's point of view, you, you know you have to target him and make him a real uh, key as a guy to, to to shut down. Having Josh Giddy back into the you know into the lineup and you, you know is is a triple double in waiting. It's mm-hmm. uh, you know we we felt right from the start of the game that that was that was probably going to happen in that game. Being at home too is is a huge opportunity. But you know like Harvey out. Yeah, that that happens. I mean, that's you know we we've suffered from injuries here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we spoke about this last week that you know before you know, before you told me that he was going to be out of yeah. the game that uh, I thought he was a going to be a real problem for us. Um, but that's just part of the game, and, and we see this week in week out. It's it's just you know I don't know what's happening at the moment, but you know we're seeing players succumb to injury and, yeah. and long term injury, yeah. and we've seen. Yeah, you know, we've seen two over the over these last few you know few you know week or so with uh, Vasiljevic and, and Jack, um, White. Jack White, and that's just they're they're tragic, and it's yep. you know I don't I just think it probably is one of those things. I uh, you know, and it's so disappointing to see. But I guess my point is that injuries are part of the game. Yep. You know that that's what it is, and it's how you respond to that and how you react to that. And people that are now getting the opportunities to step up, uh, you know, the ones that are going to have the opportunity to, you know, to do something really special. And, and hopefully, you know, what we've seen here, um, you know, and Isaac Humphreys is still out and, and uh, looks like Crocker's probably going to be out tomorrow night against yep. Perth as well. So um, once again, players are going to get the opportunity. Uh, hopefully we crack that code about how to beat the Perth mm-hmm. Wildcats. And uh, um, why not? Go in with confidence. You're at home. You've already shown that you can uh, you can match it with them. Well, not only match it with them, but at Get your right best you can yeah. you can dominate them too. But uh, we know it's not quite that easy. Uh, but they're coming off a game last night. They're on the road, the second game in three days. Throw it out there and let's see what happens. Now, Keanu Pinder's been a bit of a whipping boy for for some of the 36ers fans so far this season, and I don't want to say too much, but probably rightfully so in some ways. He he hasn't met expectations, but. 
I saw some really good signs in that game against the Hawks, especially the way he attacked the offensive glass. And some of those offensive rebounds were actually really important to turn the tide back in the 36ers' favour late in that in that third quarter. I thought that was probably his most encouraging performance that we've seen. Oh, there's no question about it. I think what we saw uh, from him uh, this last game is what probably we expected right from day mm. one. Yeah, mm. the... You know the block shot, the you know the tip dunk, the the three offensive rebounds, which, as you said, were really key. We saw, you know, we saw his athleticism and and the way that he can impact the game and you know change shots and and be a presence on the offensive boards. And it's oh, I was really happy for him. Like it was just uh, we needed that. And as as we've talked about over the weeks, you know, we need all our players playing well, especially when you've got injuries. If you've got a couple of passengers, then you're not going to be put yourself in a position to win games. But, you know, when everyone t- turns up and is contributing, um, yeah, we could be a pretty good team. Uh, mm. Well, we can be a very good team. And and Keanu was, uh, oh, yeah, he was, uh, it was exciting to see what he did. I mean, statistically, it's it's 10 points and three or four rebounds mm. and, a, and a block. It doesn't look outstanding, but... You know, if we can get that sort of contribution from him as well as that sort of energy and effort... I guess the um, other thing that stood out was that there was none of the mistakes that he was making either. There was no... There didn't seem to be any silly fouls. He didn't take any bad shots. And, and that was the other thing that was nice about his game. Absolutely. And that's... Uh, yeah, that's... I was going to get to that too. Mm. Look, no stupid fouls. Yep. Um, you know, no bad shots. He just he just played to his strengths and... Yep. Uh, yeah, I was, I, I, as I said, I was really, really happy for him. It was, uh, and and it was a really important, you know, contributor to our win. Absolutely. Now you mentioned Brandon Paul, and he he didn't have his best game, but it's going to help him enormously to have started, to have got thirty-one minutes under his belt, just to get out there and take thirteen shots. He's going to shoot the ball better and play better, but I think it was important for him to get that run into his legs. Um, Sunday, Detch had another terrific all-round game, and you know his defensive intensity. Sets the tone. Jack McVeigh coming off the bench was it was it was really handy as well. And and then as you said, Josh Giddy almost another triple double. There was a lot of guys contributing. And then our guest on the show this week, Daniel Johnson, just led from the front. He just continued to attack the basket. Just kept getting fouled and twenty six points and fifteen rebounds in the end. And I feel like we take that for granted from DJ. If anyone else in the league's doing that, where we're talking about what a monster performance it is, but if it's DJ, it's almost almost just expected. Absolutely, mate. He turned 33 during the, the day <laughs> yeah, of that game. Yeah, it was his birthday. And yeah. has 26 points and 15 rebounds, and we take it for granted. And all these idiots I see on social media that say, yeah, we, the, the, yeah we'd be better off without him. Oh, wow. Yeah, the 36ers over the last 10 years without Daniel Johnson is probably a bottom place team. Like, like he, yeah. he is, he is one of, you know, you know, you look at him and you, yeah, at times, you know, defensively, he has his lapses. Yeah, you know, he, he's led the league in rebounding twice. Yep. People criticise him for not rebounding. He's led the league in rebounding <laughs> twice. Yeah. He scores 20 points every game. Mm-hmm. But, he, he, you know, his demeanour, sometimes he comes across as being a bit laconic. But we are, we are very, very lucky to have him in this team. Let's just hope, you know, we can have him. And I'm sure we will have two or three years later. Like, he's durable. He doesn't get hurt. He, he plays. And, uh, you know, he's a great cornerstone for this team. You know, because he's not probably that... Uh, 
you know, that leader that we've seen over the years with the Mark Davises and the Brett Mars and these mm. sort of people should not diminish from what he's done in the 36 year uniform. And, uh, yeah, 26 of 15 on your 33rd birthday. <laughs> yeah. like he, uh, but like you said, we, we just take it for granted. Mm. And when he, has, when he does have a poor game, which very rarely happens, yep. People line up to criticise, and I, I think some of those people should, uh, you know, basically go to the uh, you know, the House of Mirrors and have a good mm. long, long, good hard look at themselves <laughs> because uh, you know we, we're fortunate that he's plying our trade here in front of our eyes. Yeah, and I can't wait to talk to him on this week's show as well. So we'll get to him very shortly. Another player I wanted to mention: his numbers don't stand out, and he's probably not getting a lot of attention. But since he's come back from his injury, and since he's been playing a few minutes. I really like what Daniel Dillon's doing out there right now. He's just that calming influence. He takes care of the ball well. He he put, gets the team through their offense nicely to take the pressure off Josh Giddy. I, he always played 20 minutes last week, and I, I actually like the steadying influence that he's providing. He's had a good couple of weeks, hasn't he? Yeah, he, yeah. He, you're right. He's, uh, I, I like the fact of having you know, you know, that other ball handler on the court uh, with Josh and and. We saw it with Jeremy Kendall when he was in the yep. team, but yep. uh, yeah, Dan's yeah he's a pro. Like he's he's thirty four years old and has been playing the game for a long time. He knows how to look after his body. He knows what what it takes. He doesn't try and do things he can't do on the court. Yeah, I've been really um, really pleased that he's he's got an opportunity and uh, you know moving forward uh, once again he will get an opportunity again on on Saturday night mm. against Perth uh, you, you know from a personal point of view and, and I, I always say this because I don't see the team on a day-to-day basis I'd rather see Bryce Cotton being chased around by Daniel Dillon and Brendan Tees and Majonra and yep. these guys yep. rather than, than a Brandon Paul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I know that probably none of those guys will be starting, but, uh, you know, put Paul on him for the first couple of minutes until you bring those subbers in. You know, those guys have all got five fouls each. Yep. You know, like make... make wear, him, you know, wear him down. Make Wear yeah. him down because no one's going to stop him. We, no. We've seen that, you know, we've seen that forever. Yeah, he's going to get his regardless... But if you make the, if you make him wear that down over the you, you make him wear all those you do the hard fouls you bump him you, you make him work hard and then you don't let the Steindals and the, some of these mm-hmm. guys get in the game uh, it's going to go a long way to, to winning the game for us so yeah I've been really happy for Dan um, he's he's a quality guy we really enjoyed working with him uh, what we're doing off the court yeah. and he'll get his opportunity again and yeah who knows where that takes now. Let's update our Player of the Year award thanks to Premium Wine Tours. The Round 12 votes against the Elora Hawks, obviously. These votes coming from yourself and, and Brett Maher, Scott. And so three votes, Daniel Johnson. I think that was a, a no-brainer. Probably a no-brainer for Josh Giddy as well for the two. And then there was probably a few different guys that could have gone for the one vote, which is a good sign to have that many contributors. But Sunday Detch, pretty hard to, to ignore his performance once again. So that means the leaderboard. we got Daniel Johnson out on front. On 39 votes, Josh Giddy in second spot on 27. Isaac Humphrey still in third on 20. And Sunday Detch closing that gap a little bit, staying in touch on 15. Jack McVeigh's on 8. Tony Crocker's on 6. And Brandon Paul on 4. Now, with 15 games to go still, any of those guys can still win. That means any of those guys can still win that tour for 4, thanks to Premier Mind Tour, Scott. 
I can't believe there's still 15 games to go. <laughs> no, like no, it feels like it feels like we should we should be starting talking mm. about the playoffs. Yeah. It's just uh, it's and and I guess the length of the season is you know exaggerated by how long the preseason was mm. as well because. Yeah. We're waiting for the start of the season, but uh, yeah, look, I mean, it's going to be hard to catch. You know, as long as DJ stays injury free, you would expect him yeah. to, you know, to go on and, and win this award, and uh, you know, rightfully so, if he, if he can keep his body healthy, which he's shown that he always mm-hmm. can. Okay, Scott, it's now time for us to give away another one of our Australian Motors Mitsubishi prize packs. These are proving tremendously popular, and all you have to do is vote in our Player of the Week award. So head to our Sixers Fix pages on either Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and just cast your vote each and every week, and you go into the draw to win this special prize pack thanks to the good, good guys at Australian Motors Mitsubishi. And this week, it was Daniel Johnson once again. 26 points and 15 rebounds is... He's pretty tough to ignore, so that, that's what he delivered last week against the Illawarra Hawks, and, and our listeners here on Sixers Fixed recognised him as the Player of the Week from the Adelaide 36ers. So now we've put all of you who voted in, into the hat. One of you will win this special prize pack from Australian Motors Mitsubishi. So here we go. The lucky winner this week... Thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi is Wendy Mainwaring. Now, I don't know if you're a relation. Isaac Mainwaring was the winner last week on this award. This week is Wendy Mainwaring. We'll get in touch during the week and we'll get you that prize pack. Thanks once again to Australian Motors Mitsubishi. Yeah, I just want to just quickly, I just want to touch on... Uh, Back to the Illawarra game in that mm. third quarter, yeah, we we were on the wrong end of a nineteen to three run, yes. And there was a t- there was a timeout called, and we looked up, and it was called by Brian Gorgian, and mm. everyone looked at each other thinking we'd called the timeout because Connor would have had to burn his second one in that mm-hmm. quarter, and it was it, it completely changed the complexion of that game. It, like it, 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 it did, really... it, it allowed the Sixers to s- settle down, didn't it? Yeah, and, and, and once again, this is, don't get me wrong, this is no criticism of Brian Gorgian. I mean, he's, you know, he's doyen of, of coaches yeah. and, uh, you, you know, you know, helped, you know, gave me my greatest memory in basketball and, and turned me into the player that I was. But mm. it really did change the momentum. And the yeah. feedback that we got was he thought his players were just in desperate need of, of a rest. But uh, boy, oh boy, that, mm. uh, that gave us a chance to just... It did you know, arrest that landslide that was we've seen. Well, at that time, I was thinking very similar things to what I was thinking about that Perth game at the NBL Cup, and I'm sure you, I'm sure that crossed your mind too. Yeah, it did. And, and once again, I, I I caught up briefly with Brian as yep. he walked off the court, and uh, it was gr- you know it was great to say good day. And uh, you know, we, 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 I haven't spoken to him for many years. We haven't mm. been in Australia for many years, yeah. so uh, you, you know, like he, he's one of the, my mentors uh, from a playing point of view. And uh, but yeah, that that time had definitely helped us. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, I was going to ask if you did get a chance to catch up with him, but he, it'd be incredible if you were able to sort of catch up with him next time they come. They come to Adelaide. I think they're still scheduled to play. Have one more trip to Adelaide this season. It'd be it'd be amazing if you could sit down and catch up with him. 
We'll definitely get him on the podcast, mate. Yeah. That, uh, uh, I reckon that, that podcast might go for about three hours because he's, <laughs> he's, he's the sort of guy you just sit back and you can listen to. Absolutely. The stories that, uh, that, that, he, that he says. And, you know, back in the day when him and uh, Bruce Palmer, mm. you, you know, used to coach against each other and were best mates, you, you'd go out with those two. And you just sit back. It was like a comedy <laughs> duo. They uh, yeah. they were incredible to listen to. But uh, no, we'll definitely try and get him on uh, on the podcast at some stage. It'll be a fascinating interview. Absolutely. Now, a man who doesn't quite have the same storytelling ability is Daniel Johnson, but he's a fantastic player. And what he does say, he means. He considers everything he says, and and I, I think he's got a bit more character about him than people give him credit for. So I'm really looking forward to having him on the show now on Sixers Sixers Fix for the first time. So, Scott, when we come back, we'll be joined by the one and only Daniel Johnson. Yeah, can't wait, mate. Looking forward to it. Okay, Scott, a great honour for us now to be joined by probably the interview we've been waiting... Two years for since we started the show here with Sixers Fix to speak to the legend himself, Daniel Johnson. What a what a career he's built now since he's arrived at the 36ers. He, without question, is one of the all-time greats of the 36ers. Already a five-time club MVP. Hard to imagine that not becoming six this season. Um, and what what an amazing form stretch he's in right now. He He's the captain of the team. He continues to lead from the front. Um, it's a great honour for us to have him here on the show. DJ, um, how do we find you this week preparing, having having had a week at home to prepare to now take on the, the Perth Wildcats on Saturday night after after that win over the Hawks last week? Uh, yeah, we're going all right. Um, obviously, good win last weekend. It's kind of got us back on track. So, yeah, we hope we can keep that form going and, and hopefully get a few guys back soon as well, which will help with that as well. Sorry, Scott. Just just quickly, pretty no, rare right now to I guess have a week at home. You played played last week and had a had a good win over over the Hawks, and you've had a, a full week preparation at home to to get ready for Perth. Yeah, I mean it's been pretty difficult uh, this year. We've had a you know really fortunate in the first little bit to have all those home games, but then since then we've had a bit of a bit of a rough schedule. Um, obviously in the hub and then couple of weekends away so yeah we're just trying to enjoy the, the time at home now and make the most of it hopefully get another home win and mm. that, that'll help us with these road, road trips coming up now dj uh what a lot of people don't realize is that you and i have quite a lot in common uh we both wore 21 for the 36ers we've both been most improved players of the nbl and um we both played for the south Adelaide panthers now the only difference is, is you won the twenty. I've walked for the last two years of my career. Probably not my best uh, best years of all time. Uh, I won the most improved play nineteen years before you did, and you played for South Adelaide for one year, and I played for about twenty five years. But <laughs> apart from that, uh, all, all, a lot of similarities. Uh, mate, yeah. how's that? How, how is the team? You know, going at the moment. I mean, that that was a huge win last week. Uh, yeah, we, we, we got one of those road bumps in the third quarter that, w- that we've been experiencing. But then to, to withstand that and go on to win that game must give the boys a lot of confidence. Yeah, I think so. Uh, like we touched on, we've, we just keep having these quarters where offensively we just really dry up and we can't get much going. Um, you know, I think Josh coming back in really helped with that. Um, shows his maturity as well. I think he's learning as the season progresses and, and he really helped us 
um, you know, get through some things and get get some guys the ball. It was a good win for the club. Obviously, them not having Harvey out helped a lot for us. Um, but, you know, a win to win, we'll take it, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, like I said, we're just trying to kind of build some momentum now. We've still got a lot of games left, and, and hopefully Big Ice will be back soon, which is going to help us a lot, as we know. And, mate, uh, this will happen on your 33rd birthday. Uh, mm. By by 33, most people are uh, getting put out the pasture from a, from a sporting <laughs> sense. But, uh, you know, I think it's just incredible... You know the consistency that uh, you've shown, uh, you know, over your career, um, and, and you've been really durable as well. Um, yeah, is there anything special you do, like as far as looking after your body? I know as professional athletes, everybody does, but uh, you know, what advice would you give to you know, people going through to, to to be able to play as long as you have and as well as what you have? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I do anything too too different to what other people do. Um, like I said, it's just you know, eating right, sleeping, looking after your body, just the usual stuff that I'm sure most professional athletes do. But I think I've just been you know lucky with injuries, touch wood, um, to just kind of avoid them for most of my career and and be able to you know get out there pretty pretty healthy and and be able to put a you know put my best there. Um, so yeah, I just think that's played a massive part. And I think. Most guys will have some, some pretty big injuries throughout their career, and I've been lucky to, to dodge them thus far. And Perth Wildcats Saturday night, mate. We, we we've touched on it. They've been they haven't just been a bogey team for us. They've, they've been a bogey team for everybody for thirty odd years. But uh, you, you know, what adjustments do we need to make them to, to beat them tomorrow night? And uh, uh, you know, specifically looking at Bryce Cotton. Uh, you know, what's without giving too much away, obviously, mate. But uh, uh, what, what do we need to do to uh, get a W tomorrow night? I think, you know, the main areas we're focusing on is obviously trying to stop Bryce or at least shut him down a little bit, get the ball out of his hands. And I think when we're in Perth last game, we kind of just got smashed on the on the rebounds. So it's just about, you know, boxing out, finishing finishing possessions. Um, been a bit of our Achilles heel this season. We haven't been very good at, at rebounding in any game. So, um, yeah, those are the main things we're working on and, and hopefully... Yeah, we can come away with a big win. Mate, I want to chat to you about, uh, you know, going back to the start. Uh, as a young boy growing up in Western Australia, was, you know, was the, I guess, the dream always to play for the Wildcats? Uh, and then you ended up, obviously, at the Institute of Sport and then Melbourne before you found out your way to the 36ers. Was that sort of the, the, the dream growing up? I mean, honestly, I didn't watch a lot of basketball growing up. Um, I was probably the first person in my family to play basketball. And, you know, I honestly didn't know too much about it all. So I was just kind of learning as I was going and really started to get into it and start watching it when I was at the Institute. And, and when it all started to become serious, that I was, you know, had the potential to, you know, play professionally. So, um, yeah, I guess the whole Wildcats thing, it, it wasn't really a dream growing up. Like, obviously, you'd want to be around your family back home, but that never really eventuated. and. And then when I got to Adelaide, you know, I just fell in love with the city straight away and obviously met my wife here. And, um, yeah, I was just really fortunate to find a place, you know, to call home. And you, you spent a year in college at uh, Pepperdine. Uh, was that, uh, how was that experience? Was it enjoyable? Was it just a stepping stone to the next uh, next spot? How did you find that? Uh, it was interesting. I think, you know, most people at that time were going over just to do the college um, you know, going to the NBL wasn't really for everyone. I think especially when you're at the Institute, they were kind of encouraging guys to go over and experience the college and just see where you're at. So I was excited to do that. Um, 
know, once I got there, I realized it was a bit bit tougher than everyone says. You know, with the studying and and then the, the double practices, and uh, we had a bit of you know drama with with our coach and a few of the players. And our coach actually quit mid season, so it just turned into a bit of a waste of time, really. So um, yeah, I was pretty pretty fortunate as soon as I got back. Um, when Melbourne reached out and, and wanted me over there pretty quickly, so it's a pretty smooth transition, thankfully. But um, yeah, I'm happy I did it. But yeah, it wasn't really, you know, for me. I wouldn't say. Tell, tell us about uh, you know when, when the 36ers came calling. How how did that all come about? Obviously, you know, you're with the Melbourne Tigers for a couple of years, and you know, the, you know, they always had great teams. Uh, how how did that? Yeah, you know, who who was the main force behind recruiting you and getting you here for the Thirty Sixers? Well, I think uh, after my couple of years in Melbourne, like you said, they had some really strong strong teams, and you know I was playing behind Chris Anstey, who's you know probably the best big in the league at that time. So I wasn't wasn't getting a whole lot of minutes, and um, I guess they didn't really see me as a starter. Um, and then Marty Clark, obviously, I you know was with him at the institute and. You know, I felt like I really needed to, you know, get in the gym and, and work and get better. And I knew he was the guy, you know, to really help me with that. Um, and it hold me accountable and make sure I was in there every day doing what I needed to get better. So, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty easy decision. You know, I had that previous relationship with him and, and I knew he was going to be, you know, make me work hard. So, yeah, it's pretty easy. Well, I reckon it's worked out all right for you, mate. So, seven-time <laughs> all-time all NBL team member, including three all NBL first team recognitions. Uh, you know, are you a, are you an Adelaide boy now? Is this this where you see yourself uh, settling after after Basel? Will you head back to Perth, or is that uh, you know not a consideration yet as to to what what that decision will be? No, I think I think I'll be here now. I'm pretty pretty settled. Um, like I said, my wife's from here, and she's got a pretty big family. So, yeah, we're, we're really happy here. And luckily, it's not too far back to Perth. Uh, when I need to get back and, and visit family and stuff like that. But, yeah, like I said, I'm just really, really lucky and fortunate that I found a place to go home. Now, Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, but at the end of last season, we sat down with Brett Maher and we picked our, our all-time first and second 36ers teams. Now, is my memory correct, or did... Did both myself and Brett have DJ in our first team, but you still didn't have him in your first team? Have you changed your mind yet? You bastard. You're going to throw <laughs> me under the bus in my own podcast, aren't you? <laughs> well, that, that, is, that is true. I, I, I didn't select DJ in my first team. Uh, uh, and, and it's not just because DJ is on the, uh, on, on the podcast now, but, Oh, you yes, have said that already, changed, this year. You have said it already. I have changed my mind. I, I would put him in that starting group. And, and we didn't really have, uh, in, in my case, I didn't really have a traditional centre in, in my starting, starting uh, five. I had uh, Kevin Brooks and Mark Davis, if you remember. And uh, uh, But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, DJ's body of work, is, uh, what he's done over his time here is just incredible. And, and, and as we keep, Talking about on the podcast, you know, like Brett's involvement uh, and our involvement with the team, you know, over this last year and a half, you get to see these guys up close, and, and we've seen a lot more games live than what we have, and uh, I, I think it's just incredible, you, you know, with, with what he's done. So yes, I, I stand corrected. Uh, I'd uh, put in my first team, although if I do that, I'm probably going to put KB out of it, and he. Probably, uh, probably punch me in the face when I see him as well. But uh, no, it's uh, no, no, it's uh, it's just been unbelievable. And let me say it, tell you one thing: 
this year, if uh, DJ wins the uh, MVP of the club, uh, which you'd expect on current form that's going to happen, let me tell you, mate, there's one bloke that used to have brown hair last year that's now got white hair. Mm. <laughs> he he joins him, and he's yeah. getting really shitty because he likes to be <laughs> the alpha male and uh, to have someone join him as, uh, well, they're still behind Mark Davis, uh He's not very happy about that, but uh, uh, no, it's all good. Uh, I'm pretty sure he'll get over it. <laughs> well, speaking of that as well, DJ, um, we've got our own Player of the Year award here on this show, and it's sponsored by Premium Mind Tours. The votes are cast by Scott and Brett Ma, so it's tough to argue with with them a lot of the time. And, and you're now our runaway leader, um, and and that means you'll get, I don't know if you've been following it, but that means you'll win a tour for four on on the Premier Mind Tours at the end of the season, should you hold on to win. Um, is that enough motivation to keep your form going? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, you know, the boys are pretty pretty fortunate to have Scotty Sellers around once already this year. And, mm. uh, you yeah, know, he's, he's very good at his job. Um, you yeah, know, gave us some, some really good spots and good wine to try. So, yeah, I'd definitely be very excited to do that. Um so, yeah, fingers crossed I can, I can hold on. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, I've actually got I've actually got a few questions from one of our listeners for you as well, DJ. Lauren has sent in some questions on Twitter. Um, challenging ones too, so bear with me. You can you can also shoot them down if you don't want to answer them. But um, I'll go through them quickly. The first one, um, she's asked me to ask DJ, would you be satisfied if you retire having having not won a championship, even though clearly he is one of Australia's most deserving players to win one. I think it's probably an easy uh, answer to say no, isn't it? <laughs> well, I mean, you wouldn't be satisfied, would you? Mm. But, um, yeah, I feel like yeah, being a couple wins off, winning one on a few occasions, um, you know, it kind of hurts, but let you know you were close enough. Um, obviously, I hope I've still got a few years left in me to try and chase one down, and that'd be the ultimate goal, winning one at the sixes after mm. you know such a long break. But, um, yeah, I mean, we'll keep trying. Um, you know, I think personally I've tried to do the best I could and if that's not enough to win a championship again, you know, that would be disappointing. But, uh, you know, I still be pretty proud of what I was able to do. Yeah, and I guess our follow-up to that is with that series against Melbourne United, when you look back on it, do you feel like you were robbed from a championship in that grand final series? I don't know about it was It was a really good series. It was, you know, up and down and... and I really felt that last game could have gone either way. Just yeah. unfortunately, it was in Melbourne, which you know, really the home team was was dominating every mm. game that series. So uh, obviously, the children's injury didn't help as well. But yeah. that's just the way it goes sometimes. So um, yeah, it was disappointing, obviously. But I feel like you know, with what we got out of that group, you know, there's something pretty special. And the last one: Do you envisage seeing yourself finish your career in Adelaide? Oh yeah. I, Probably at this stage, wouldn't play for any other NBL team. Yeah. It'd just be weird. Sure. So, um, yeah, like I said, I got you know another couple of years after this, and hopefully a few more after that. So, yeah, hopefully it's in Adelaide till it all finishes up. Mm, fantastic, hey, DJ. DJ, I want to talk about um, you know, there's been a bit of controversy, well, not a bit of controversy, quite a bit of controversy about you know you're not making the Boomers team well, for the most part of your career. Has there been uh, has there been any feedback from the, the the Boomers camp as to why you haven't made some of these squads and some of those teams over the years, or is it just uh, just been not you're not selected and that's it? 
Uh, you know, I haven't had a lot of a lot of feedback really. Um, I think the only time I've really had comments made to me about it was uh, I think when I made finally made one of those um, you know Asia qualifying tournament teams, and and they just said they didn't think that. I'd be able to do what I do in the NBL in an international basketball game, mm. pretty much. Um, oh, no, because who, who needs a seven-footer that can shoot better than a guard? I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, uh, I don't know, it was a bit, the whole thing was pretty disappointing, to be honest, kind of, the politics involved in it was, you know, mm. pretty frustrating, especially guys making the team that, you know, I felt like I could have, you know, brought more to the table than they were, but, uh, yeah, it just is what it is, one of those things. You can't really control it, so you just got to, you know, keep trying your best and, and when you get your opportunity, um, do the best you can, which I thought I did. Is, it, is that something that, that like pisses you off and drives you forward or is it just one of those things you go, well, it is what it is and put it behind it. Like you said, you, it's something you can't control uh, and just channel your, your focus, you know, to, to, towards, you know, playing, playing on a, on a day-to-day basis with the club. Yeah, I think early on it, it pissed me off a lot and, you know, I thought, you know, the better I play in the NBA, that'll lead to those opportunities, but that didn't really uh, translate. So, um, just got to the point where, yeah, I just kind of, you know, didn't expect to make them, and, and it wasn't a surprise when I didn't, um, even though I felt like I should have been in them. But yeah, it's just one of those, one of those frustrating things. But um, yeah, I think I've turned my focus on other things now, and, and yeah, all happy with that. You've, you've played, uh, you played overseas on, on a number of occasions. Is that? Is that something that you'll uh, still look to do in the off-season or is it now more, uh, you know, as you're getting a little bit older about uh, looking after your body in the off-season and just resting or are you open for those opportunities? Yeah, I think like this this season will be pretty difficult, um, obviously with all the, the COVID and the quarantining and all that. So I'll probably, you know, give it a miss this year. But I think we'll going still, forward... We still don't know when this season will finish. Yeah, that's the thing <laughs> too. Yeah, so you just can't make plans. But yeah. um, I think... Going forward, yeah, I think that's one of the best things about playing in the NBL and, and being a professional athlete is you get to travel around the world and, and not just, you know, play a bit more and, and get some experiences, but um, you get to, you know, when you're actually living there for a few months, experience the culture properly and, and see some places you probably wouldn't normally see. So, you know, it's one of the best things I love about it is getting to travel around and see some, some different places. So, yeah, I'm definitely open to doing that again. Yeah, you know, Chris, you know, the best thing about that is it means that DJ will be available for our next holiday camp in July because he won't be overseas. I'm sure he'd love to be looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be booking I, in for that I, wine tour around the same time too, don't worry. Me, me exactly, yeah, probably plan of that week, I reckon. So, uh, but just, uh, just, just a couple more for me, uh, DJ, before we let you go. Um, you, you know, looking through, uh, you know, through your career highlights, I was a little bit surprised to see that you've led the league in rebounding on, on two occasions. I guess it's probably a, an area of your game that, that probably gets overlooked by most people because of your scoring ability. Is that, that something that you sort of, uh, you know, really focus and put a pride on or is it just, just something that comes has come naturally to you? Yeah, I mean, I think I've always been pretty decent in that, in that area. I'm not, you know, your typical centre pulling down, you know, 15 a game or anything like that but I think I've always been around that you know between 7 and 9 mark um, the couple of years I actually led the league I think the years Randall was in Adelaide and 
you know, I knew if I, you know, offensive rebounded, I was going to get more shot. shots that way. <laughs> so, um, you know, I guess you just adapt your game to who you're playing with. And, um, yeah, I feel like I've been pretty solid in that area most of my career and just another way you can help the team, I guess. Well, there's no one in the oh, league. Over the last 12 years, you've had, you've collected more rebounds and scored more points than, than anybody. I think that's one of those things that a lot of people overlook. Just Maybe maybe it is because you're such a good shooter for your size, but your rebounding has been been fantastic for a long time. Oh, cheers. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just, just, uh, and just for me, DJ, I mean, I, I think, you know, there's a lot of armchair critics out there and in this day and age, a lot of keyboard warriors I, I just think that, uh, you know, when people are critical, you, you know, this team, I, I mean, I get a little bit, you know, take a little bit of umbrage of that because, you know, I've been involved with the club for so long. But, you know, when I see criticism of the club and criticism of people like you, you know, we should be celebrating the fact that, uh, you yeah, know, we've had you here for this period of time. And, uh, mate, you're a testament to the, to the 36ers. You will definitely go t- down as one of the all-time greats. I've, I've put you in my all-time all starting five now. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks to Chris throwing me under the bus there. But, uh, mate, we just wish you, wish you all the best. And, uh, mate, I, I could see you playing for another three or four years. Is that uh, – do do have you thought about the end date or is it just uh, just taking every year as it comes? Yeah, I'm just enjoying, like, being able to still play well, I guess, um, as long as I can still contribute and – Feel like help us win games. I'm I'm happy to keep doing it. So yeah, hopefully I got a few more left in me. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks very much for joining us, DJ. And let's look forward to seeing you get a couple of wins now over the next few days. Starting with with Perth at home tomorrow night. Then then up in Cairns. That's a it's a team you love playing against. So let's hope that continues as well. Yeah, fingers crossed. Thanks again. Appreciate all the support, boys. Thanks, DJ. Good luck, mate. Okay, thanks to Sports Card World. We're now getting ready for our Ask the Coach segment with Connor Henry, great supporters of our Sports Card World. We couldn't have been doing this show without you. We couldn't be bringing our Ask the Coach segment with Connor Henry to you each and every week without their support. So make sure you check them out at sportscardworld.com.au or indeed in the in the Region Arcade. Fantastic store. The best, the best card store in, in Australia quite, quite comfortably. So go check them out. In the in the Ronda Mall of the Region Arcade, it's a, it's a hell of a hell of a store. Not only all of your basketball card needs can be well and truly taken care of, but any sort of collector card needs that you've got. So make sure you support Sports Card World. And now let's get on to Connor Henry because we've got a jam packed list of questions from our listeners to, to get through with with the Adelaide Thirty Sixes coach. Okay, back here on Sixes Fix and and looking forward to. Getting back to our Ask the Coach segment with Connor Henry now for this week. Connor's been kind enough to give up some of his time once again now, leading into the, the game against the Perth Wildcats on, on on Saturday night. So I guess, first of all, Connor, before we get to the listeners' questions, coming off a win, getting to stay at home for the week, um, how's the preparations been now for, for this game against the Wildcats? It's been pretty good. Not ideal. Uh, we've just had to manage a few niggles and continue to rest up. But I think we're in a good spot. DJ and Jack had a couple of days off, and now are back at full strength. Croc is improving. Um, he won't play tomorrow. We're hopeful that he will play against Cam. Josh had a couple of days off and looked really good today in training. 
Um, and, you know, the optimism that is starting to build a little bit within the club about Isaac's return mm. after Isaac had a good kind of first day of at least running and putting some weight on the floor, um, excuse me, on the foot. And, uh, and he, and he came out of that really, uh, in a good way. So all in all, a pretty good week as we head into fall game. Very good. Okay. Now, blown away by the amount of questions we've got now for, for you this week, Connor. We're not going to be able to get to them to get to them all today, but if your question isn't at, isn't read out this week, don't worry, we'll, we'll get to it next week or even the week after. We've got that many questions, but make make no mistake, your question will get asked to Connor. That, that, that's the promise we make here here on the show. So that's Eventually, good. eventually we'll get there. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and as you've shown throughout this season, no, no, you're happy to answer any question, whether it's a a positive or a negative one. So you, you've been very, you've been a great sport with this, Connor. So thank you for your support. Easy, yeah, real good, really. I'll answer anything. Absolutely. Adam Ross is first up, and he's asked. I felt the defense against Illawarra was the best we have seen this season from the Sixers. Was that something the team worked on in the lead up to that particular game, or do you feel like it's a case of things starting to gel at the defensive end? Uh both. So we've been working on some specific things the last two weeks leading into Illawarra. We we felt like we made some strides uh, in a couple of areas, namely our defensive transition and our defensive rebounding, which um, has been at times, you know, really questionable uh, at, at times during the season. So we did put together uh, a good defensive effort and defensive rebounding against the Hawks. And um, we're growing from that. And that's, again, uh, the same focus, again, going into tomorrow night's game. Excellent. Jason Crow, one of our great supporters, he's sent in a couple of qu- couple of questions. This one's a, a bit of an in-depth one, so, so bear, bear with me, Connor, and you can sort of take it, take it in whichever direction you like. Um, so Jason Crow has asked, how hard is it in the current landscape to build Build a team with players freely moving around the competition. Um, four of our starting five are new, and then next year we are likely to be without Giddy and possibly Ice if he recaptures his pre-injury form. How do you find the balance between playing for success now and building for the coming seasons? Well, I think what you see um, with Perth, with Melbourne, with Southeast, some of the top clubs at uh, near, at the top or near the top is the ability to each year add a piece or two. Mm-hmm. And maybe that player is a boomer uh, and then lock him up for a number of years contract. Or maybe it's a very good young player mm-hmm. that's either come up in the system with that team or they've gone out, targeted that player in free agency and, and have landed him. So that's, you know, that's, the, that's the, the plan as you build something is to try to get as many top Australian players as you can, um, not only older veteran guys if they're available on the market, but guys that you feel like can help you right away, hopefully, but also the second year or the third year, they're a vital, vital piece. And, and those teams that are near the top right now, their overall depth and experience is, is clear. You can mm. see it. Yeah. Um, it allows them to go deep into their roster. They can play nine, ten guys a night uh, 
and get the job done. Okay, one more from Jason Crowell. Um, with a one-team town like Adelaide, it's fair to say 36ers fans are passionate and often critical. Um, do you use that negative comment, commentary at times as motivation to try to manage the players or do you try to shelter them, them from that? No, I, I think the players are, are pretty in tune with the environment here in, in Adelaide. Look, mm-hmm. there's, there's high expectations. Um, from from the you know the, the, the core fans and the new fans that come in and they feel this this somewhat pressure of, of wanting the team to succeed because they want to be a part of that. Mm. But at the end of the day, um, you can't focus on that. What you have to do is really look to your daily work. Um, again, the portion of building the team you know that we didn't spoke about how you target guys for the future. And try to wrap it up each and every week when you go into a game. Um, success is tough in this league. Uh, you do need a deep roster. You do need talented <laughs> import. And you have to find that mix. Um, and when you do find that mix, you have to be able to sustain it. And that's what Perth uh, and that's what Melbourne has done over the years. Mm. And, uh, and that's where we're trying to get to. Luke Day has asked, what's your current grading of our season so far? And wh- where are our opportunities moving forward? And what do you think we're doing well? And what do you think we can, can improve on? Well, based on what we, ta- what we targeted in free agency and, and the roster that we assembled, we felt like we had the possibility, the chance to have a, a very competitive season and, and possibly compete for one of the four spots. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, with injuries, and we knew that that was, you know, part of the, the, the chance that we were taking, that if we were to lose one or two key pieces, that it could be tough. Unfortunately, that's the way it's played out. You don't want to make excuses, but that's just part of the game. Yeah. Um, where, where, are we at, where are we at now? Um, we've taken our lumps. We've been home. We feel like we're regaining our... Um, you know, some of our strength, resting a little bit, building back up through training, um, anxious for Isaac's return, and focused on keeping everybody healthy and and, and having a, a, a positive look on things. Um, losing streaks hurt. They bring everybody down. Um, we were able to finally kind of switch our mentality of, of being, you know, in that hole and, uh, and working ourselves out of it. And, um, and that's where we're at right now. So we feel good. The future, again, if, if we can get ice back, um, you know, in the next probably two to three weeks, mm-hmm. optimistically, you know, we still will have uh, 10, 12 games left, 10, 11 games left. And so if we have everybody and, and we play well uh, and we win some games, then I'll be able to sit back at the end of the season and, and grade everything as, you know, all the ups and downs that we've gone through it. And really make a make an assessment on what we did correctly and, and incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've got a string of questions now from Lauren on Twitter. Um, the first one: Who has been the toughest team for you to coach against so far this season? Huh. Um. You know, the first first probably the toughest, just because they relentlessly. Uh, 
do the boring things every single night. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's, right, there's yeah. the, boring, the boring things of being physical, of boxing out, of taking charges, of guarding their man one-on-one. Um, each and every player knows their role. So they bring a level of physicality over 40 minutes that is very hard uh, to, to combat. Um, we've been in games with Perth. Uh, we faltered down the stretch. So they're probably the toughest. Melbourne is extremely talented. Um, we've played them tough. Um, and then I, I think the Phoenix um, really are one of the teams uh, that will contend for the championship. Um, just because with Wessel and Moore, they're two bigs getting better and better every year, they, uh, every game. Yeah. They've got shooting, and if they get Sykes back, then they have two really good small point guards that cause problems out of pick and roll. Um, and they've got Creek, who's yeah. a dominant player, facilitator, leader, and now they have really two really good shooters in uh, Brokoff and um, and Glitz. So um, I like their team. Uh, we have had success against them, but I think they're a team on the rise and, and could be very dangerous for everybody. Hmm. Now, I'm going to extend this question out to your entire life in basketball, but you can't choose yourself. So the question is, who would you want shooting free throws to save your life? Right now, Jack McVeigh. Yeah, nice choice. Yeah, not bad. So, you know, Jack has the, as we know, the mindset of a shooter. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he believes that every ball is going in. He is, uh, he's got a locked-in routine at the foul line. I hope I'm not jinxing him now. <laughs> um, but if I, had, if I had, with his free and easy mentality, um, I might put Jack McVeigh from my team uh, up on that line. Yeah. Uh, somebody else, uh, pressure situation, there's, there's plenty of those old pros that I played with. Uh, there's a guy, uh, a young college player who I grew up kind of idolizing, uh, left-handed little point guard out of South Central LA, LA named Johnny Daniels, mm-hmm. who I once watched make 146 free throws in a row. Wow. Uh, and uh, so he was good. So, yeah, maybe those, those are my choices. Does Larry come into the calculations? Yeah, Larry would be upset. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, now, this is an interesting one. We're seeing some horrible injuries right now, and now we've seen both DJ Vasilovic and Jack White have their seasons ended in recent days with their Achilles. Do you feel like the Do you feel like the NBL Cup, the or the the jam packed schedule right now has got anything to do with some of these injuries, or is it just bad luck? Do you Do you feel like there's anything happening right now in the way the league's structured that is causing all of the injuries we're seeing? All I know is when I, I saw DJ, uh, not only Jack go down the other night, I saw DJ go down last night. I just felt sick to my stomach. Yeah. I just, you know, two two really good, exceptional players that played at the highest level uh, of college ball in the U.S. who came in and were really, really the two main guys, if you think about it, Jack White, had Melbourne playing at the highest level because of his athleticism, because of his smarts, because of his passing, because of his energy. Um, and the same way with DJ, DJ comes in and, and all of a sudden was known as just a shooter in college, but really approved his game, not only to shoot, but to 
score off the bounce, score in the middle of the paint. And to have both of those guys go down is just terrible. Absolutely mm. terrible. Um, I don't know about the question, Chris. It, it's like, this is a crazy year. Everybody's been under the pump. Guys had such long layoffs and then ramped up quickly and then got into games. Has it taken a physical toll? And is this the reason? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it is. I think it's probably just a combination of maybe bad luck and, and, uh, and fatigue. I don't know. Okay, last one from Lauren, and it's about Josh Giddy. It's a three-pronged question. First of all, where do you expect him to go in the NBA draft? Secondly, is he single? And thirdly, does he like older ladies? <laughs> uh, see, not, see, this is the type of question that get me in trouble, but um, <laughs> I, I, will, I, will, I will give you the one answer I know that's true. Mm-hmm. Josh Giddy will get drafted. <laughs> I don't know what number. I don't know what range. Um, he's a he's an exceptional player, as we know. He's getting better and better, and he's got a long, successful career uh, ahead of him. And um, as far as the other two, you, know, I, I I would say <laughs> yes, and and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well handled. Last one, and this one comes from a man that you know very well. His name's Isaac Humphreys, um, and this is a running trend. You might notice it. What does churn the ball mean? So churn the ball basically means get the ball through hands quickly. Hmm. Teams come into you, teams come in and they try to defend pick and roll at a high level. So they will hard show or they will double or blitz the ball carrier. And you need to be able to throw out quickly and then continue making the extra pass. So if you churn the offense through passing, good hard cuts, good hard screen, move the ball from one side of the floor to the next side of the floor so you're making the defense work, you have a greater success on the offensive end. So that's what it makes a lot of sense. But for whatever reason, every time I ask one of your, your players for a question for you, that's what they want me to ask you. So there we go. Yep. <laughs> um, now, really enjoyed this segment once again, Connor. Um, I appreciate your openness and honesty to, to answer everything that our fans want to hear and Good luck now against the Wildcats. Good luck once you then get over to Cairns as well, and hopefully we do it all again next week. Let's do it next week, Chris. Thanks. Okay, back here on Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Daniel Johnson, and... We, we, I think we learned a fair bit more about him in, in that chat, Scott, and also Connor Henry. Fantastic of Connor to make himself available on, the, on this show and, and to be willing to answer whatever questions that our fans want to ask him. Sometimes sometimes they're taking him to task on some of his decisions, but he's he's certainly open to, to answering them. But one of, one of his answers just then, Scott, I want to get your thoughts on, he, he chose Jack McVeigh to shoot free throws if his life was on the line. Who would you like to shoot free throws if your life depended on it? It doesn't have to be a current player. Well, any, any player from your life in basketball. It certainly wouldn't be myself, mate, because <laughs> uh, free throw shooting was not at the top of my uh, strengths. Mm. Uh, if my life depended on it, I'd um, 
Oh, I don't. I don't like pumping him up too much, mate. Because he, you're uh, not gonna say him, are you? Well, I'm probably gonna say Brett Maher. Well, no, <laughs> actually, let let. I'll, I'll give you uh, probably a. I'll probably give you four. Okay. I'll probably give you Brett Maher, Andrew Gaze, John Rilly, and Shane Hill. I think yeah, you know you, you're looking yep. at you're looking at uh, obviously four outstanding free throw shooters for starters. But they all love but the also, big occasion too. But they love the occasion. Yeah, you knew if once again if the game was on the line, they were never ever going to miss. And mm. uh, yeah, I, I was fortunate enough to go from the Adelaide Thirty Sixes to the Townsville Crocodiles to the South Dragons. So I was rebounding one year for Brett Maher, the next year for John Rilly, and the next year for Shane Hill. And mm. Let me let me tell you, you didn't have to be too fit to rebound for those guys. All you need to do is stand underneath a basket because the <laughs> ball was going through that every time. So you know those guys just didn't miss, and they and they had a resolve that uh, you know that the the occasion, you know, th that's what they live for. They live for that big shot, and uh, I'd be happy with any one of those guys. Yeah, no, very 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 good, very good. Speaking of Jack McVay, did you happen to see him in the? I don't know if he was in the warm up. Last week or at shoot around, there's the retro 36s thing that he happened to be wearing. Did you did you catch a glimpse of that, mate? I had people, all these people, sending me that photo <laughs> as we were driving into yep. the game. And uh, uh, Jack came, Jack came to me six months ago, or Brett and myself, and asked if we had any old singlets. Now mm. Brett's, you know, donated all his, his to his charity organisations over the years, so. He had nothing. I, I sort of said to Jack that I, I thought I might have something and uh, gave it to him without uh, any thought that he was actually going to wear it. Mm. And uh, I've seen uh, I've seen TikTok things with him dancing in the supermarket <laughs> yeah. with it on. Oh, I've wow. seen uh, I've seen uh, yeah that that warm up before the game. Yeah. He's he's a good egg, Jack. He's uh, <laughs> you know that that's the sort of guy that you need that as a team. You need those sort of characters who are passionate about what they do. Um, and look, hasn't he had a fantastic six or seven weeks? Absolutely. Like he's just, yep. uh, you know, like you'd, you'd think, uh, you know, the most improved award he'd have to be probably favourite for. I know he's got his speech already written for it too. So uh, he, he, he's, uh, he's made but, that no secret. No, and and that's great. That's <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely. fantastic to to have those sort of goals. I, I think is is really important and. Uh, uh, yeah, so I, I did see the throwback uh, throwback jersey there, and let me tell you, he fits into it a little bit better than I would these days, so uh, better him than me, mate. <laughs> okay, now, Saturday night, we're back at the Entertainment Centre, and it's against the old foes, the Perth Wildcats, who arrive in town on a nine-game winning streak. They're on top of the league. How do we, how do we beat them? How, how do we knock them off? Well, we've we've seen it. We've seen how how we can deal with them for a half a basketball, uh, you know, before things went pear shaped. I guess the problem now is, you know, how how you approach that game mentally. Mm. It doesn't matter how big a lead that we get. We know that they can reel that in. I think we 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 don't have to be up by twenty at half time. We have to match them for intensity. We have to make Bryce Cotton's life hell. We we, we need to be physical with him, and if that means just throwing various guys at him over the course of the night to wear him down, as we spoke about, that's a good thing. But, you know, we cannot have, you know, some of these role players stepping up and having, you know, 15 points. We can't, Steindl yeah. can't come in and hit three threes. Uh, 
you know, you got to be locked into Blanchfield, who's who's, you know, we we always known he was a mm. good player, but now is uh, very very dangerous, and we can't let Mooney have mm. nine offensive rebounds. I mean, yep. that that you know, I, to me, he's the best big guy in the competition. You know, people bang on about Landale and and some of these other players, but to me, like. There's a guy that is, you know, is a perfect compliment who just goes about mm. his business, and at the end of the day, you look at what he's done statistically, and, yeah. and you just go, wow. So, yeah, yeah, you, you, I don't think you stop that because he's a guy that's, you know, got a high work ethic and he and is, you know, is going to go to the boards. But you've but I got think to Pin, put a Pinder body just up. has to contest everything with him. Just, just correct. Yeah, that's that's all he has to do. Correct. Make so, him make but, him fight for every possession. But you, you can't have nine offensive rebounds. You can't no, have five no, offensive no. rebounds. You've you got, got to take care of them. And, uh, you know, you, we could be okay. We, we can match Perth. I mean, but, you know, what what you... The thing that cannot be stated enough is they have a mentality now that they're going to beat you regardless of what the situation is. Whether they're down on the game, whether they're yeah. down by 20 in a game... They have the confidence. I watched that game at Sydney last night. At no point, well, maybe <laughs> yeah. a little bit early on, but uh, like you didn't. I, get I, I wouldn't the have thought they. I wouldn't have thought they felt like they played well at all, and they still win. No, the game. And, and, yeah. and, it, and it was a shit game. Yeah, like yeah. it was a terrible. <laughs> yeah, like it was. You know, seventy-three to whatever it was. Yeah. It was a yeah. shit game. Yeah. But at no point did I think Perth were going to lose that game, yeah. and 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 that's that's a dangerous thing when you have a team that's. Uh, with that sort of killer mentality, you know, with, with that, you know, with the best player we've seen in a generation in, in basketball, with Mooney, as a, who I said is, I think is the best player in the competition. Mm. And as much as it pains me to say it, you know, with a team that's that well coached by Trevor Gleeson, mm. um, you know, you, you, you have to be on song. So, but we can do that. We, we, we can we can beat this team. But it has to be a, a committed effort, not just physically and not just talent-wise on the court, but mentally as well, because yeah. that's where they will absolutely stomp on you if you if you're not up to the challenge. That's the possession game, isn't it? That's where those offensive rebounds come into it. They so often they just end up taking more shots and taking more free throws than than their opponents. There's no secret to what they do. They just it's just those basic things that they do so well, which is what you have to yeah. try to match them in. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, so let's hope for the best. We know that Isaac Humphreys won't be there. We know Tony Crocker won't be there, but it's not as necessarily a bad thing because we've got plenty of options. We know that Keanu Pinder can play a role now. He can stay out of foul trouble. He can he can help out DJ in that front court. We've got no no concerns with what Brandon Paul can do. He'll he'll be better now after a week under his belt. The back court with Giddy and with Gideon and Sun and Sunday, there's fantastic with Dan Dillon backing backing them up, and then we've got Jack McVay to throw in. So there's no shortage of talent out there. So I don't think there's any excuses. Let's hope Perth's feeling tired. They're coming off playing in Sydney on on Thursday, then come straight to Adelaide. So let's hope that's taken a bit out of them. But yeah, let's just hope for a good game. When you turn up at the Entertainment Centre tomorrow night, what are you going to be looking for? What what signs do you need to see early that that this could end up being a good being a being a good night? Mate, I'm the, I'm the glass half full person now. Mm-hmm. I haven't always been that over yeah. the last uh, uh, over the journey, uh, last ten years. But I, I I'd expect Brandon Paul to to have a have a great game. I mm-hmm. think 
he's settled in, he knows he's going to be starting. Yeah, you know, I hope we run some stuff for him early, which I'm sure we will. Mm. Um, I, I just think, and just touching back to Bryce Cotton again, you need to make him work defensively as well. So, sure. yeah. you know, who's he going to guard? If he's guarding Sunday Detch, which I would imagine is is probably, yeah, probably. that matchup, yeah. yep. run him off screens and you know, like make him work. Even if he's not the focal point of your offense, you've got to tire a guy like that down. You, mm. you can never stop someone with that sort of ability but you make his life hard. So I, I really, I'm looking forward to seeing Brandon Paul, you know, really stand out in this game. And, and I know, you know, he'll have confidence going in that he knows he's starting mm -hmm. and he's going to play 30 minutes. I Look, I'm, I'm going for the upset, mate. I, I think we'll, I, people might think I'm stupid. I haven't looked at the odds. Maybe I'll put a sneaky dollar on, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think we can win this game. And, um, and win well. Um, you know, if there's ever an opportunity, we're getting them at the right time. Yeah. Um, but uh, who knows? <laughs> it's uh, it's one of those things, isn't it? Uh, no, uh, I don't think yeah, it's that, silly that, at all. I, I go in feeling feeling quietly confident as well. I mean, I think everything's kind of adding up to, to you know, Adelaide being the fresher, fresher team, confident. They know that they can play well against this team. And, gee, eventually that winning streak has to end. You just can't. You can't keep winning in this league. We keep hearing how even the league is. We can't have one team that's going on a, a double-digit winning streak. No, and uh, let, let's face it, Kevin White's not going to hit another 30-foot jump shot again. <laughs> probably well, in his entire then, career, is he? There we go. Let me let me finish on that note. What sort of reception is he going to get from the Adelaide fans? Oh, I, don't, I don't know, mate. Like it's, I, I reckon I've seen it as sort of a... I, don't, I honestly don't know, maybe a 50-50 reaction because yeah. obviously the way the things ended up and, and, you know, like things went well, I, I don't think people will be worried too much about mm -hmm. Kevin White. I mean, probably going to play 10 minutes yeah. and, uh, you know, like, I mean, history will show that last year was not one of the greatest years in in mm -hmm. the history of the 36ers, but that is what it is, but it, it's it's done, you know, yeah. like it's, it's a new era, um, you, you know, like I... I, I loved what Joey Wright brought to this team. You know, like he, we had our ups and downs, but he bought a team that had been in the wilderness for a long mm -hmm. time. We made two, made two championship yeah. series. Yeah. Unfortunately, didn't win it. Yeah, but, um, but not only that, got, got to the champ, got to the deciding game in both of those series too. Ab absolutely. Yeah. So you know, I'd I'd be, you know, I wouldn't be worried about too much about what's happened in the past. I think we celebrate, you know. What's happened? Our good times. Uh, you know, we we've had a, it's been a long time between drinks as far as championships, and but we all know that that's you know that that's a difficult thing to put a you know to put a focus on. But uh, oh, I I like the direction where we're going. I think if we can uh, just yeah you know there just needs to be something that brings this all together. And I, I don't know what that intangible is, but uh, yeah, let, let's go out and beat Perth. Uh, this week, and um, you know, maybe we're, there, we're back on track. Well said, Scott. Okay, good way to end. So it's been a big show. This has been one of my most enjoyable episodes of Sixers Fix, I, I think. So thank you to Daniel Johnson. Thank you to Connor Henry, and thanks to our thanks to our supporters. Thanks to All Star Photos. Thank you to Australian Motors Mitsubishi. Thank you to Premium Wine Tours, and of course, thanks to Sports Card World. I'm Chris Pike, and we'll come back next week, hopefully with a couple more winners to talk about. I'll leave you with Scott Ninnis, and 
what words of wisdom can you can you leave us with this week? No words of wisdom, mate. Uh, let's get a <laughs> let's get a win, thirty sixes. Let's beat those dirty wildcats. <laughs> let's uh, uh, look. Uh, let's let's just hope we see a great game, which I'm sure we will. Wildcat thirty six games have always been classics. You know, they've always been close games, and let's hope we see that again tomorrow night. But with the result on the other side of the ledger for once.